Homily 8, Part 1 of Homilies on Colossians by St. John Chrysostom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 8, Part 1, Colossians 3, 5 through 7. Mortify your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake cometh the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience, in the which ye also walked aforetime when ye lived in these things. I know that many are offended by the foregoing discourse, but what can I do? Ye heard what the Master enjoined. Am I to blame? What shall I do? See ye not the creditors, when debtors are obstinate, how they wear collars? Heard ye what Paul proclaimed to-day? Mortify, he saith, your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. What is worse than such a covetousness? This is worse than any desire. This is still more grievous than what I was speaking of, the madness and the silly weaknesses about silver and covetousness he saith which is idolatry see in what the evil ends do not i pray take what i said amiss for not by my own good will nor without reason would i have enemies but i was wishful ye should attain to such virtue as that i might hear of you the things i ought so that i said it not for authority's sake nor of imperiousness but out of pain and of sorrow forgive me forgive i have no wish to violate decency by discoursing upon such subjects but i am compelled to it not for the sake of the sorrows of the poor do i say these things but for your salvation for they will perish will perish that have not fed christ for what if thou dost feed some poor man still so long as thou livest so voluptuously and luxuriously all is to no purpose for what is required is not the giving much but not too little for the property thou hast for this is but playing at it mortify therefore your members he saith which are upon the earth what sayest thou was it not thou that saidest ye are buried ye are buried together with him, ye are circumcised. We have put off the body of the sins of the flesh. How then again sayest thou, mortify? Art thou sporting? Dost thou thus discourse, as though those things were in us? There is no contradiction. But like as if one, who has clean scoured a statue that was filthy, or rather who has recast it, and displayed it bright afresh, should say that the rust was eaten off and destroyed, and yet again recommend diligence in clearing away the rust. He doth not contradict himself, for it is not that rust which he scoured off that he recommends should be cleared away, but that which grew afterwards. So it is not that former putting to death he speaks of, nor those fornications, but those which do afterwards grow he said that this is not our life but another that which is in heaven tell me now when he said mortify your members that are upon the earth is then the earth also accused 
or does he speak of the things upon the earth as themselves sins fornication uncleanness he saith he has passed over the actions which it is not becoming even to mention and by uncleanness has expressed altogether passion he said evil desire lo he has expressed the whole in the class for envy anger sorrow all are evil desire and covetousness he saith which is idolatry for which things sake cometh the wrath of god upon the sons of disobedience by many things he had been withdrawing them by the benefits which are already given by the evils to come from which we had been delivered being who and wherefore and all those considerations as for instance who we were and in what circumstances and that we were delivered therefrom how and in what manner and on what terms these were enough to turn one away but this one is of greater force than all unpleasant indeed to speak of not however to disservice but even serviceable for which things sake cometh he saith the wrath of god upon the sons of disobedience he said not upon you but upon the sons of disobedience in the which ye also walked aforetime when ye lived in them in order to shame them he saith when ye lived in them and implying praise is now no more so living at that time they might verse eight but now put ye also away all these he speaks always both universally and particularly but this is from earnestness verses eight nine anger wrath malice railing shameful speaking out of your mouth lie not one to another shameful speaking he saith out of your mouth clearly intimating that it pollutes it verses nine ten seeing that ye have put off the old man with his doings and have put on the new man which is being renewed unto knowledge after the image of him that created him it is worth inquiring here what can be the reason why he calls the corrupt life members and man and body and again the virtuous life the same and if the man means sins how is it that he saith with his doings for once he said the old man showing that this is not man but the other the moral choice doth rather determine one than the substance and is rather man than the other for his substance casteth him not into hell nor leadeth him into the kingdom but men themselves and we neither love nor hate any one so far as he is man but so far as he is such or such a man if then the substance be the body and in either sort cannot be accountable how doth he say that it is evil but what is that he saith with his doings he means the choice with the acts and he calleth him old on purpose to show his deformity and hideousness and imbecility and new as if to say do not expect that it will be with this one even as with the other but the reverse 
for ever as he farther advances he hasteneth not on to old age but to a youthfulness greater than the preceding for when he hath received a fuller knowledge he is both counted worthy of greater things and is in more perfect maturity in higher vigour and this not from youthfulness alone but from that likeness also after which he is lo the best life is styled a creation after the image of christ for this is the meaning of after the image of him that created him for christ too came not finally to old age but was so beautiful as it is not even possible to tell verse eleven where there cannot be greek and jew circumcision and uncircumcision barbarian scythian bondman freeman but christ is all and in all lo here is a third encomium of this man with him there is no difference admitted either of nation or of rank or of ancestry seeing he hath nothing of externals nor needeth them for all external things are such as these circumcision and uncircumcision bondman freeman greek that is proselyte and jew from his ancestors if thou have only this man thou wilt obtain the same things with the others that have him but christ he saith is all and in all christ will be all things to you both rank and descent and himself in you all or he says another thing to wit that ye are all become one christ being his body verse twelve put on therefore as the elect of god holy and beloved he shows the easiness of virtue so that they might both possess it continually and use it as the greatest ornament the exhortation is accompanied also with praise for then its force is greatest for they had been before holy but not elect but now both elect and holy and beloved a heart of compassion he said not mercy but with greater emphasis used the two words and he said not that it should be as towards brethren but as fathers towards children for tell me not that he sinned therefore he said a heart and he said not compassion lest he should place them in light estimation but a heart of compassion kindness humility meekness long-suffering forbearing one another and forgiving each other if any man have a complaint against any even as christ forgave you so also do ye again he speaks after the class and he always does it for from kindness comes humbleness of mind and from this long-suffering forbearing he saith one another that is passing things over and see how he has shown it to be nothing by calling it a complaint and saying even as christ forgave you great is the example and thus he always does he exhorts them after christ complaint he calls it in these words indeed he showed it to be a petty matter but when he has set before us the example he has persuaded us that even if we had serious charges to bring we ought to forgive for the expression even as christ 
signifies this and not this only but also with all the heart and not this alone but that they ought even to love for christ being brought into the midst bringeth in all these things both that even if the matters be great and even if we have not been the first to injure even if we be of great they of small account even if they are sure to insult us afterwards we ought to lay down our lives for them for the words even as demand this and that not even at death only ought one to stop but if possible to go on even after death verse fourteen and above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfectness dost thou see that he saith this for since it is possible for one who forgives not to love yea he saith thou must love him too and he points out a way whereby it becomes possible to forgive for it is possible for one to be kind and meek and humble-minded and long-suffering and yet not affectionate and therefore he said at the first a heart of compassion both love and pity and above all these things love which is the bond of perfectness now what he wishes to say is this that there is no profit in those things for all those things fall asunder except they be done with love this it is which clenches them all together whatsoever good thing it be thou mentionest if love be away it is nothing it melts away and it is as any ship even though her rigging be large yet if there be no girding ropes it is of no service and in a house if there be no tie-beams it is the same and in a body though the bones be large if there be no ligaments they are of no service for whatsoever good deeds any may have all do vanish away if love be not there he said not that it is the summit but what is greater the bond this is more necessary than the other for summit indeed is an intensity of perfectness but bond is the holding fast together of those things which produce the perfectness it is as it were the root verse fifteen and let the peace of god rule in your hearts to the which also ye were called in one body and be ye thankful the peace of god this is that which is fixed and steadfast if on man's account indeed thou hast peace it quickly comes to dissolution but if on god's account never although he had spoken of love universally yet again he comes to the particular for there is a love too which is immoderate for instance when out of much love one makes accusations without reason and is engaged in contentions and contracts aversions not this saith he not this do i desire not overdoing things but as god made peace with you so do ye also make it how made he peace of his own will not having received anything of you what is this let the peace of god rule in your hearts if two thoughts are fighting together set not anger set not spitefulness to hold the prize but peace 
for instance suppose one to have been insulted unjustly of the insult are born two thoughts the one bidding him to revenge the other to endure and these wrestle with one another if the peace of god stand forward as umpire it bestows the prize on that which bids endure and puts the other to shame how by persuading him that god is peace that he hath made peace with us not without reason he shows the great struggle there is in the matter let not anger he saith act as umpire let not contentiousness let not human peace for human peace cometh of avenging of suffering no dreadful ill but not this do i intend he saith but that which he himself left he hath represented an arena within in the thoughts and a contest and a wrestling and an umpire then again exhortation to the which ye were called he saith that is for the which ye were called he has reminded them of how many good things peace is the cause on account of this he called thee for this he called thee so as to receive a worthy prize for wherefore made he us one body was it not that she might rule was it not that we might have occasion of being at peace wherefore are we all one body and now are we one body because of peace we are one body and because we are one body we are at peace but why said he not let the peace of god be victorious but be umpire he made her the more honourable he would not have the evil thought to come to wrestle with her but to stand below and the very name prize cheered the hearer for if she have given the prize to the good thought however impudently the other behave it is thereafter of no use and besides the other being aware that perform what feats he might he should not receive the prize however he might puff and attempt still more vehement onsets would desist as labouring without profit and well he added and be ye thankful for this is to be thankful and very effectively to deal with his fellow-servants as god doth with himself to submit himself to the master to obey to express his gratitude for all things even though one insult him or beat him for in truth he that confesses thanks due to god for what he suffers will not revenge himself on him that has done him wrong since he at least that takes revenge acknowledges no gratitude but let us not follow him that exacted the hundred pence lest we hear thou wicked servant for nothing is worse than this ingratitude so that they who revenge are ungrateful End of homily eight part one